Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. My name is Amanda, and I'm an early childhood educator in Ontario, Canada. I teach in a kindergarten classroom, and yeah, this is my podcast where I like to talk about all things kindergarten-related. I can pick a couple topics for the week, reflect on my practices, think about it, and just discuss it, and then I love continuing these conversations over on Instagram with uh, people who follow me and message me and leave comments on my posts. I really appreciate that part of it. Uh, part of this profession, I really think, is that reciprocal back and forth, sharing ideas, being open to new ideas, being open to changing, you know, our thoughts around our pedagogy and our classrooms and our like the whole deal. So I really appreciate everybody who tunes in and listens and. I hope that you are also reflecting on your practice as an educator, whether you agree with me or don't agree with me. I think that that's really important. Um, Yeah, so this week, I think I'm going to be talking, well, I don't don't think, I'm going to be talking a little bit about phonics instruction that we started this past week and some Thanksgiving. Just a little heads up that I am currently recording in my living room. Usually I record in my office, but today I decided to record in my living room because I'm home alone with our new uh, rescue dog. We got her about three weeks ago now. And she is fantastic, but I don't want to leave her alone for too long. And I don't 100% trust her in my office. So I am currently in the living room. So the sound might be a little bit weird. And also you might hear her just walking in the background. So just a heads up that that might be some extra noises coming um, through your speakers this morning. But yeah, let's hop into this week's episode. So the first thing I wanted to talk about is I've talked a lot about structured literacy instruction and phonics this past few podcasts, these past few months, especially over on my Instagram, over on my, over here itself. And we started, so um, in our classroom, I say we because I have a teaching partner that I teach with. And so I'm always using the we because it's not just me in the classroom. There's two of us and I um, love the partnership that we have and our ability to work through things together and discuss things and think things through, change each other's minds or, you know, grow our practice together. So I always use the we when I'm talking about things that are happening in the classroom that we are doing together. So just a heads up for that. And so um, we've been talking, uh, we started the school year off, we were not doing any um, like direct phonics instruction with our students. We started off with students' names, getting to know their names, writing their names, getting to know the first letters of their names. And we did that for the first few weeks of school, building relationships with them, um, providing them with an environment that created a sense of belonging, getting to know them and their families, all that really great well-being things that we want to start the school year off but this past week we thought they would be ready for some direct phonics instruction we plan on doing a letter a day and by a letter a day i don't mean you have to do like five letters a week you can do four letters a week you can do three letters a week like it it doesn't have to be a new letter every single day but um the letter a week model just takes too long to get through the whole alphabet Um, we want to get students to start thinking about grouping sounds together and making words and reading words. And so um, moving into a letter of a day model is just more conducive to that. But so we decided, okay, let's see how many letters we can do. Can we get through three, four letters this week? Let's see how we can do. And we got through two letters this week. We started our week off with the letter S and then we um, did the letter A, I think on Thursday. Um, 
our students are just not quite ready to do three or four letters a week. I think two letters was perfect for them. Two letters we were able to get through, we were really able to deep dive into the two letters, but we're quickly realizing, we quickly realized this at the beginning of the school year, oral language in our classroom is a bigger need at the moment. Just having conversations, talking to students, students responding appropriately, listening, answering questions, um, you know, that those back and forth conversations are more of a need in our classroom than I think right now phonics instruction. There's definitely students that need phonics instruction and we're still pulling small groups for phonics instruction for those students. But as a whole in our classroom for whole group instruction, two letters this week was um, ample amounts of learning in phonics for our students. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Like we are being responsive to the needs of the students that we have currently. There can be these picture perfect, you know, textbook answers, these textbook programs that you can follow and really be excited about. But when it comes to your own classroom, you have to know your students and you have to, you know, provide the instructions that the instruction that they need. So we're continuing to use our Hegarty phonological awareness program. That has been fantastic at giving us ideas and structuring our phon our phonological awareness lessons for the day and, you know, kind of guiding us in how we should be teaching our students. So we're still using that. It's just the direct phonics instruction where we're pulling up and reading a book about a letter, learning its sound, you know, learning what it looks like, all that kind of stuff, that more intense um, letter instruction. We got through two of them this week. And I think that's okay. You know, two, knowing two letters is better than knowing no letters. So that's great. We also really shifted our focus on oral language. Um, not shifted our focus, but really honed in our focus on oral language this week as well. Um, I'm taking a structured literacy instruction course through, um, our board paid for me to do it. I'm really excited about it. Um, I, as a facilitator last year, I had the opportunity to sign up for it and I'm really grateful for that opportunity. And so, uh, I was doing, I think it was session two was last week and we were, the, the session two was all about oral language and how to promote oral language in your classroom. There's something called 30 second conversations. Try to have 30 second conversations with your students. You know, you might not be able to do that for every student every day, but try to hit on all of your students with 30 second conversations. And for some of my students, I could talk to them all day. They're, they're just going to be able to have conversations with me. But the majority of my students, I would say, would not be able to even sustain a 30 minute back and forth conversation. I can talk for 30 seconds to them. Um, but I, there is no reciprocal conversations happening other than being able to nod sometimes a yes or a no, or being able to point in some direction. So really focusing in on oral language is going to be something that we're working on. The other part that, uh, the structured literacy instruction course highlighted was an activity called, I see, I think I wonder, and you show them a picture of something by them I mean the student I projected this onto the screen I took a picture we projected onto the screen and students made sentences with um, I see I think or I wonder so we started with I see and they had to make a whole sentence and if they weren't able to make a whole sentence we worked together to uh, put it into a whole sentence so some kids said you know water and I said oh I see water 
What can we add to that? Is the water standing still? Is it moving water? Is it blue water? Is there, is it, look, does it, what, what, what can we add to this? And so we were adding details into the sentences that they were giving me. And really, uh, I modeled it for them. Like I see, and then I would make a, a full sentence and I would counting the amount of words that they were using in their sentences as well to try to model like adding to our sentences. So of course, there's always going to be those students that are able to do it right away and are able to contribute. And I really appreciate those students because for the other students that really need the oral language instruction, they're hearing it. So I think it's just because it's not the students that you want to work on oral language responding to these prompts, the fact that they are sitting there and they're listening and they're hearing these words being used, they're being exposed to new, vo- to new vocabulary, they're being exposed to um, using sentences and conveying ideas through sentences and words, that is invaluable. So I really appreciated the students, you know, that I knew would be able to give me sentences about I see, I think, I wonder. Um, I really valued their ability to do that because uh, it really added into our conversations and was very, very valuable for those other students as well. Um, as for the pictures, just in case you're wondering, I literally went for a walk with my dog down to a creek that is near our house. And I took a few pictures of, you know, the trees, the creek, um, the path, all that kind of stuff. I think I had three pictures. We got through two pictures in about a half an hour period. And just like it was a half an hour of doing this, just about a half an hour. And the kids were engaged with it. Like I would say about 20 to 25 minutes in, we were starting to lose them and we wrapped it up a little bit early so that they could go get ready for lunch. But really like 20 to 25 minutes of like sustained conversations about two pictures was amazing. Like I, it went so well. I was so proud of them. They really did an amazing job. So it's really just random pictures. We made a slide deck Um, my teaching partner and I, and I put in the three pictures that I took. And every time we're out and about and we see something interesting, we are going to take a picture of it. We're just going to add it to our slideshow and we can just pick from whatever slide we want to use that day. And as I was conversing with the students and they were giving me answers about, I see, I think I wonder my teaching partner was typing up the sentences that they were saying and adding it to our picture. So now we have like the documentation of what students were saying as well um, on our slide deck. So we're documenting the learning that's happening. We are um, providing a space for other students to listen to oral language skills. And for those students that are able to use full sentences, like I was guiding them on how to beef up those sentences. What describing words can we add? You know, what else can we add to our sentence? How can we make it longer? All those kinds of things. So really, if you haven't, um, you know, practiced the, I see, I think I wonder in your classroom, I really think that, it is something that would be really beneficial if you're working on oral language skills in your classroom because I was really impressed with what they were able to do in the classroom. Yeah. Um, the other part of the oral language that we're struggling a little bit with, and um, I think a lot of people are struggling with this as well. And as educators, I think we have to be really reflective on why are our students having oral language difficulties and usually in the past, you know, I was able to say, oh, this child has oral language um, difficulties because they are ESL. They're an English uh, second language learner. Like that's, they just need to be in a classroom where they're hearing English and, you know, they will catch on and they will participate 
and they will learn English as we go. I can try learning a few. I can try. I will learn a few words in their home language, in their first language, so that I can communicate with them more appropriately. All those kinds of great things that we do for our ESL students, a print-rich environment, all that kind of stuff. This year, I'm struggling because I am unsure, and I've said this, and my teaching partner and I have talked about this, is it the masks? Am I not able to understand them or communicate with them because you know we're both wearing masks and they can't see my lips move, they might not know where my voice is coming from, they might not be able to make that connection. So is it the masks? Is it ESL? Is it, you know, we've been in a COVID environment for two and a half, has it been two and a half years? Oh my God, I don't even know anymore. Two and a half years and they haven't been socializing as much as they would. They haven't been, you know, going out to restaurants and hearing people talk. They haven't been going to the park and conversing with friends. They haven't been doing all of those, you know, early oral language development skills that, you know, I'm going to put in quotes that typically they would be doing um, in their uh, early development, right? So, I think there's just a whole slew of possibilities, you know, is it that they are really, you know, again, they've been home for all of this time with their family and their family unit. And now they're being thrown in a classroom environment where there's 26 students, two teachers that are throughout the day, plus a gym teacher, plus a teacher librarian, plus a music teacher, like all of these new people being thrown at them and they just are shy and they just aren't ready yet to talk with a whole new group of people. And we just need to continue to create a safe environment for them. Like there's just so many possibilities on what um, could be happening. You know, I might have students that have oral language delays that need, you know, interventions that are more, I'm going to say are more professional, like more professional interventions than, you know, we were able to provide in a classroom environment. Like, um, so yeah, that's kind of where my teaching partner and I are trying to figure out for our students, how can we best help them? You know, is it just continuing creating a safe environment? Is it just continuing to create an environment rich in oral language and rich in print and just moving along with that? Or do some of our students just need more professional intervention? So uh, if you are also struggling with that, please know that you are not alone. Um, I will share that a lot of my students didn't even respond to their names the first few weeks of school. It was really difficult that you're calling students' names and they're just not responding to the point that I thought maybe I was mispronouncing their names, like, um, or maybe they couldn't hear me. Something that has truly helped me and something that if you have thought about it and have thought maybe this would be a good idea and haven't done it, I highly suggest doing it. I bought a microphone. I don't use it all day, every day, but when I'm doing whole group instruction or when I'm doing something where I need to have the attention of all my students, if I'm giving instructions, if we're lining up, all those kinds of things. I bought a microphone that it, it I tied around my waist and there's a little microphone that goes around my ear um, and goes uh, to my mouth. That thing has been a lifesaver. After my first full week of school, I thought I was go not going to have a voice anymore. I didn't know why students weren't listening. It's basically, they couldn't hear me, <laughs> you know, and they have no idea where my voice was coming from because I have a mask on. So how, who do they, how do they know who's talking? It's really hard to hear. They can't see my lips moving, all these, all this stuff. So I bought a microphone and it changed just how I was able to speak with students, how I was able to interact with them. It changed our whole day. And so... Um, I bought mine off of Amazon. I paid it with it with my own money and I would do it again. If this one breaks, I will be buying another one. Like 
I, it was worth every single cent I spent on it. So um, if that's something that you're looking for, maybe your school will buy it for you. I don't mean you have to go out and buy your microphone. I would, maybe a school will buy one for you, whatever. But it definitely made a huge difference, especially for whole group learning um, or even doing a read aloud. They're able to hear me and it has made such a huge difference um, in my life. And I hope that helps with oral language skill development as well. So that was the first thing I wanted to talk about, you know, phonics and oral language. I kind of went on like a whole tangent there. But the other part I wanted to talk about is that it is Canadian Thanksgiving coming up next week. And my teaching partner and I have really been kind of talking about what do we do for Thanksgiving? And I want to be careful because, you know, not every student is going to celebrate Thanksgiving. So I'm really going to frame it as in like it's not a, uh, a holiday that everybody celebrates, but rather we're going to talk about it in terms of, you know, some people celebrate Thanksgiving at this time of the year. What does Thanksgiving mean? And we're going to have a discussion about it. We'll read a book and we're really going to hone in on the thankful part of Thanksgiving. I don't really want to focus too much in on the food because not everybody's going to eat a turkey, especially in the community that I live in, uh, that I teach in, sorry, especially in the community that I teach in. I don't know if they would all be eating turkey for Thanksgiving, if they celebrate Thanksgiving, all those kinds of things. So more focusing in on the thankful part of the Thanksgiving and what we have to be thankful for, what is thankfulness. And um, really that is going to be um, how we celebrate Thanksgiving in our classroom and how we look at Thanksgiving in our classroom. Uh, for my American listeners, I know you celebrate Thanksgiving, I think in November, and I'm going to throw it out there right now before, you know, we get too close to that holiday. Um, in Canada, Thanksgiving is like, doesn't have the same historical, um, significance or horse historical, like, um, story i guess to it that our things that the american thanksgiving has so the american thanksgiving is based on you know the story of the pilgrims and the indigenous people coming together for i guess meal i'm not 100 percent sure on this but i want to really put this out there again i think we go through this year after year that you know dressing up students as indigenous people you know um, providing students with crafts that have to do with headdresses and feathers and you know anything that would mimic an indigenous cultural item you know indigenous culture is not a costume it is not a cute craft for you to be making with students so again i would very much rather focus in on the thankfulness part of thanksgiving rather than you know the um, rosy story that has been portrayed throughout the years um, through the images of pilgrims and indigenous people coming together, which we know is not historically accurate. And, um, you know, just really rethinking again, your practices around that, reflecting on your practice around that. How are you going to celebrate with your students? Is it appropriate to celebrate with your students? Um, all those, you know, all that fun, reflective practice that we like to talk about. So yeah, I think we're going to make a thankfulness tree in our classroom where each child is going to uh, write on a, a, a leaf what they're thankful for and we're going to create a tree in our classroom uh, with all of those leaves put together to talk about how we are thankful. I have a book called I Am, I Am Thankful. I think it's called I Am Thankful. And it ties in nicely with the conversations that we were having last week around 
uh, Orange Shirt Day, National Day, for, no, National Truth and Reconciliation Day here in Canada about being really thankful for the land that we are on and what we love about the land that we are on and tying in now with thank Thanksgiving, you know, our families and all those kinds of things. It really ties in greatly with the conversations that we were already having last week. So continuing those conversations this week as well. Um, I do have a thankful pack that we are going to be using to make those trees. Um, I should just mention, I'll put that in the show notes for you if you want to check out what we'll be using in case that is something that interests you as well. But yeah, that's basically what is going on in our classroom at the moment. You know, oral language skills, phonics instruction, and then we'll be talking about Thanksgiving this week. And really, um, our students have become obsessed with talking about trees we went on a nature walk last week and just a wonder walk and our kids kept pointing out all the different kinds of trees that we had they were so interested in um, the different leaves that they could see Um, they're also I don't know if it's interested or petrified or you know asking questions about all the wasps that are in our yard at the moment our kindergarten yard is like just always full of wasps at this time of the year so Uh, my teaching partner has these fantastic wasps nests that her parents collected that she brought into the classroom so we're going to let our students explore wasps nests and trees and all those lovely things so um, make sure you're following me over on instagram because i'll be sharing all that wonderful things that we're doing in our classroom as well and yeah i really hope that you are having a fantastic start to the week and make sure you're following me over on my Instagram so that you can stay up to date with like everything that I am sharing over there. I I share a lot of the provocations and activities that we're doing. I share a lot of different things in my stories as well. If that's something that um, you would like to, you know, follow along with. And um, thank you again so much for joining me. If you're not already following my podcast on the platform that you're listening to me on, please make sure you follow me so you know whenever I put out new episodes of this podcast. If your platform lets you rate a podcast, make sure you go and rate my podcast so that you can tell other people whether or not, you know, I'm worth listening to after I, you know, blather on for 30 minutes every week about some random subject. And I feel like sometimes I go on these random tangents, but yeah, make sure you rate and follow my podcast. And again, I just, I'm so appreciative of um, the people who come and listen to me and I just love, again, having this space for kindergarten educators to reflect and really think about what they're doing in the classroom and I'm so grateful to have this space for myself as well and thinking things through and if I pick a subject for the week and I'm really thinking about it um, in preparation for the podcast, I really have to reflect on it as well and I really just... Anyways, I'm just really thankful for that. So I hope you all have a great week and I will talk to you all next time. Bye.